0: Hi and welcome to the Marketing Essentials podcast. Today we're going to be going back to the future and talking about direct mail marketing with our friend Bob Salvis. 7654321. Hi and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. Our unique team helps small businesses grow by providing essential marketing expertise. I'm Justin Kerr with Justin Kerr Design and with me today is...
1: I'm Alicia with Custom Marketing.
2: I'm Bob Salvis from Bob Salvis Consulting. And I'm Bill Parmentier from wparmentier.com.
0: So if you're wondering why there's a fourth person on the podcast today, it's because we have a guest with us today. Bob Salvis from Bob Salvis Consulting, and we're gonna be talking to him about old school marketing, which is now new school marketing, right? Because it's it's still relevant. Um, He's gonna be talking to us today about direct mail marketing, and probably get into a little bit of uh, email marketing as well. Um, So thanks so much for hanging with us today, Bob.
2: I'm happy to be here with three of my favorite marketing people, (laughs) even you, Bill. (laughs) I was gonna say, you say that to all the marketing (laughs) people, don't you?
0: So um, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit of your background. You have sure. rather an interesting uh, story about how you got into your current position.
2: Yeah, uh, my original career way back when I was a very young man was uh, after serving in the United States military, I, went, I had to find a job and I went and I uh, applied at the United States Postal Service. I got a job sorting mail, which was probably the worst job in, in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, working nights, uh, you know, n- no life, that kind of thing.
0: Now this was this was by hand, sorting by yeah, hand. Yeah, back in the day, right? Wow, way back. Okay. So uh, yeah, the had what whale oil lanterns. Yeah, like, uh... <laughs> it wasn't quite that far <laughs> oh, okay. back. Pretty, pretty close. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pony Express was <laughs> alive and well. Uh,
2: so wow. uh, my my goal when I had the job was I was going to school part time, and I said, you know, I'm just gonna do this to make some money and, and get out of here as soon as I get my degree mm-hmm. and uh, what happened was just prior to getting my, my bachelor's degree from Bryant I got an uh, opportunity to move into a different department which had a daytime like uh, shift so I was able to work like a nine to five job Monday through Friday which was really all I wanted and it turns out it was the marketing and communications department of the, uh, of the district post office so I went there and everybody told me I was crazy because they worked too hard and it was too complicated but i I gravitated to it i learned a ton about the post office how they uh you know how they ran and also about marketing and how direct mail marketing was uh you know how how it was done successfully Mm -hmm. by so many of the of the biggest clients locally and nationally that we had to uh that we had to deal with and i was just fascinated by it and i actually uh caught the marketing bug so i I came to marketing almost by default, by mistake. Yeah. Uh, but once I got in, I couldn't stop, and so I served in the uh, market communications department at the post office for uh, about 17 years. Uh, then I left the post office. Post office was a was downsizing a little bit at the time.
0: So what year was that then? Uh,
2: 2002. Okay. When I left the post office, uh, started my own uh, consulting business in 2003, the very next year, and. Uh, Initially, all the consultations I was doing was about direct mail, and uh, but direct mail was kind of uh, phasing out a little bit at that time. So I, you know, kind of learned more about other things so that I could have uh, a wider range of things to talk about and offer to my clients. And so that's how I got involved in learning about what you guys always talk about, you know, branding and storytelling and social media, and right. websites, and and I learned uh, quite a bit about that so that I could present myself as a marketing consultant. And direct mail continued to decline. And then something interesting happened um, just within the last couple of years really was that uh, direct mail has started to make this comeback. Mm. And uh, one of the interesting things is that technology that kind of caused the decline in direct mail actually turned out to be a way to improve the direct mail. So the data was better than it had been previously, because we have. I mean, look at all the data that's available right. today because of the uh, the internet and all you know the electronic world. So we we're able to to capture better data. We we're able to uh, print things easier. This was uh, the printing part of the process. Is uh, very old, you know. Offset printing goes back to. Do you remember the guy? I don't remember uh, the guy. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, it,
0: it goes back quite a ways. I mean, you know, you you went from Heidelberg. Uh, well, yeah, Heidelberg. Right. Uh, well, yeah, Heidelberg. Right. That's the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Gutenberg, right? but that, so that was that was, moved, that was actually letterpress. Yeah. Oh right, right. Yeah, going right. from writing everything by hand to yes, movable type, and then yes, you had Heidelberg
2: first. and offset. That, right. Yeah, and and uh, that that was in existence for, I don't know, a hundred years, whatever, 200 years, whatever oh, it was. Uh, yeah, hundreds yeah, of years we've, hundreds had, years we've had offset so, available, yeah. So uh, that has been the standard, and that's how direct mail, and if, for anybody who doesn't know, offset printing means there's a lot of work in setting it up, and then once you press a button and it goes, it's pretty easy, but they all look exactly the same.
0: Right.
2: So it's they're all the same, and they're all, uh, a lot of money in the, is is spent on the front end so that you can produce a whole bunch. So only the big, Companies or people with a deep pockets could really afford to right. do mass amounts of uh, direct mail because uh, it costs a lot of money—not just the postage and the creative, but also the actual printing. And That's so nice. now, uh, what, what's happened uh, in the in the current age is that digital printing has come into being, and and there are actually print shops today that don't even offer the offset as an option.
0: Yeah, uh, matter of fact, I was just visiting uh, a local print shop the other day and talking mm-hmm. with the owner and. He showed me around the shop and he didn't have a single yeah. offset piece of machinery. It was all digital. And yeah. he's able to do fairly amazing things with mm-hmm. all of his digital equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do very, very short runs, he can do custom yeah. uh, printing jobs, you know, where you swap out uh, different pieces of content within mm-hmm. the same run. I mean all kinds of amazing yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and it takes up a lot less lot space. Lot I mean. less space. <laughs> um, a lot less space. Um so yeah, I mean, digital printing really has, like you said, it has really enhanced yeah. direct mail. So it was waning in 2002. You know, the internet was yeah. really coming on strong. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're doing online advertising. And now are you saying it's making a bit of a comeback because of technology, which is one of the things that caused it to decline in the first, in the place. first
2: place. Right, so which is kind of ironic, but so what has happened since 02, since I left the post office is the technology obviously increased at light speed but now there's so much so many people are in the technology space that there's you know whatever there are millions and billions of websites and uh, you know there's a lot of clutter in the digital world right and so one of the things that direct mail does in that in 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 that kind of scenario is that it kind of cuts through the clutter because it's a different medium. So people are, tr- are spending uh, lots of money, as you know, mm-hmm. on, on SEO, on Google yep. AdWords, just to get noticed, and they're competing with some large pockets of money. Right. And, it, and it's hard, right. it's very hard, so what happens now is, where those same people could not afford direct mail maybe in 2002, now they can because the information is better, and the advent of digital printing means they don't have to print up 100,000 pieces to get a decent rate. It's much more economical. Yeah, they turn around a lot quicker too.
0: Now, you and I have talked before about um, some of the brain science Mm. behind uh, direct mail, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that, because Mm. there is a distinction between ads we see digitally and something that we can actually hold in our hand.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So when I talk about why direct mail has come back, the one, one of the reasons is it's, it's better now because of the technology, and that's where the whole title of uh, direct mail, you know, back to the future comes right. from. And right. uh, and the cutting through the clutter and also uh, noticing how much more money is spent on direct mail by the big guys because, you know, if you want to learn something, I, I think I've, I've heard you say this before, is, you know, copy what the big guys are doing. Sure, right? yeah, yeah. Because they've got all the resources, they can figure out what works, and you, as a sure, small business sure. person, you can just follow them. But in addition to all of those things, uh, one of the reasons why direct mail is successful has always been successful really on on some level is the fact that it's a tangible thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, a couple of years ago, back in the uh, out in the UK, they did a, uh, a study called the Millwood Brown study. And the Millwood Brown study basically took uh, some uh, some folks, some some test subjects, and it showed them a digital message. And while they were reading the digital message and looking at the the images on the digital message, they, they were having their brains scanned by MRI uh, equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took those same folks and then exposed them to a hard copy version of the exact same images and information and again had this brain scan going on. Uh, at the end of the results of all of these, I don't know how many test subjects, they looked at the results and they were astounding and clear and conclusive that the people, when they looked at a tangible piece, different parts of the brain were affected. Right. So those parts of the brain, and I'm obviously not a, a, a doctor, but <laughs> those parts of the brain, were the ones that control memory and emotion. Right. And as a business person or as a salesperson, we all know people buy on emotion. We figure out the logic later, right? right. We buy on emotion and we, as a small business, we need, or, or product, or if we're offering a product, we need people to remember us. We need the consumer to remember our product or our service so that when they're ready to buy it they'll buy it from us so memory and emotion are key very key to yeah. uh, to marketing success
0: and you're also engaging more than one sense so right versus seeing something on a screen versus holding something in your hand and seeing it right. you know the more senses that you can engage the more impact it makes on your memory yeah um, i know uh the canadian post office and tufts got together and did a similar study to the Millward brown one that you mm-hmm. mentioned and they did it with millennials uh which is becoming a huge target for marketing yeah, (laughs) right so and they found the same thing that the direct mail the the physical pieces fired parts of the brain that digital ads didn't and they remembered them better right and they had more of an emotional connection to them
2: and the organ you know largest organ in the human body is still the skin right right so uh there's a lot to be said for that Uh, interesting that you mentioned millennials because one of the other reasons why I have started to pay more attention to direct mail for my clients uh, in speaking about direct mail in seminars and such is that the the DMA which is the Direct Marketing Association uh, they have statistics that they release all the time and they have been tracking response rates to direct mail for quite a while and this year this year well, based on last year's results right but study that came out this year was that uh 12.4 percent response rate for millennials or people who are in the younger, the early 20s, uh, are the are the highest rates of everybody else. So uh, globally, across all uh, you know age groups, the rate was 5.1, which is the highest it's ever been since they've been measuring it. And then when you take the subset of that, 12.4 percent response rate from millennials, is people are scratching their head saying. Right. How does how does this figure right? right? This is the digital people. They shouldn't be responding to that. You know, but the fact is, they still they still have brains that yeah, respond to still, yeah. physical pieces. Yes, they have to.
1: And you mentioned something earlier, and I'd, I'd like maybe to kind of elaborate on it. But the data involved, right? And so, you you said there's better data now. There's more information. So how does that play up a part? Right. And do you think that affects how the response rates are increasing or becoming better because we're using yeah. more data to target people.
2: Yeah, Alicia, I think you're right on target. The, um, you know, people point to the mail, and it, this is typically what somebody might say. They say, hey, you know, there's less mail in the system than there was 20 years ago. Okay, but I would argue the other side of that, that the mail that's in the system is more effective. Mm-hmm. And it's resonating better with the audience because now we have information about the audience. So instead of, we's <laughs> back in the, the hey. old days, we used to call it uh, pray and sp- uh, spray and pray. Yeah. Right. It was like we just throw a whole bunch of hope direct something mail sticks. Piece. Right. Maybe somebody will respond to our offer. Right. Who so knows? basically,
1: the pieces would go out to like a a whole broad area. Whole
2: broad area with the same exact message. With the, again, the offset printing, same exact right. message, the whole thing. And so now, because we have the data and the technology to have variable messaging, so now if if in a classic example, my daughter's. Uh, getting ready to graduate from college. But when she was getting ready to go to college, she was getting all of these pieces. And when kids apply to college, they have to check off a bunch of boxes and Mm -hmm. fill out a bunch of stuff, right? And so they would, the smart schools, they should be all smarter than the schools. You would there. think so. But, but, <laughs> you would think, right? but the smart <laughs> or did schools. What you say, New England? Smart <laughs> schools. There are some are smarter than others. We're not going to go there. They take that data, and now they're they are changing the actual catalog that they're sending out to the kids. It's so so wow. now, if uh, Alicia is uh, really into the uh, chemistry department, and based on her survey, they notice that. and. Uh, Bill is really into the football team. Well, they'll have a different cover on each catalog that comes out to him. And, and you know, Bill picks up the, the catalog and he says, oh wow, they got the football team right on the cover. And not only the cover, but all the text and the photos, it can be a completely unique piece from the piece that yeah. Alicia gets. Right? That
1: is so cool. It's the right message at the right time right. to the right person. Yeah. And that's truly, that's like what marketing should be all about, right. personalization. And
2: they wouldn't be able to do that unless they had the data and some of the data they accumulate through surveys like they did in that case, but other pieces of data are actually already out there. I'll give you another example. Um, a friend of mine runs a, uh, a touring company for bus tours. Mm-hmm. right? Wow. So they have the bus tour company and they, they send out these catalogs every year to all the people who love to take bus tours. Well, the list just grew and grew and grew. And he said, well, what can I do? He said, this is getting very costly to send to all these people. So I asked him, I said, what at what age do people stop taking bus tours and he said well, after they turned 80 but he didn't have he had this list of people but he didn't know how old they were so we took the data that he already had and we pushed it into the marketing data world mm-hmm. and we did this thing called appending and so now we could we could find out all the people who were over 80 who are currently on his list now how do you
0: is wow. that data just right there the age data or do you have the to cross match it there. With, oh it is yeah, it is
2: okay so we were able to Uh, get about an 80% hit rate on the list, which is pretty good. And then of that 80% that hit, he took out all the ones that were over the age of 80, and they did not get a catalog. He got a total, I think, of about five phone calls. And he took out hundreds, right? Five phone calls. Hey, I didn't get my catalog. Oh, we'll be happy to mail you one right because he saved all that money sure on sending sure. out those they're just the lying nurse. about their age i'm not yeah. 80
0: i'm only yeah. really 75. <laughs> honest <laughs>
1: there's
0: some young 80 year
1: olds out there it's all but, I'm a, but I'm a young 80 80 yeah, is <laughs> <young age>, yeah. <laughs>
2: nice.
0: the new 40
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. or something yeah. like yeah. that so yeah. then I'll what does I'll that make 40 15 uh, i don't know I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: that is so cool that's wicked cool that you can you can really hone in on your your specific audience like yeah. that, and that just yeah. makes your marketing so much more powerful.
0: You you brought it up the the mailing list and being able to use that to sort of target it. And mm-hmm. I know for a lot of people that are thinking about direct mail marketing, mm-hmm. marketing lists are just this black box right. of right. like I don't have a clue where to begin. Yeah. So I'm sure that's changed as well mm-hmm. over the years. What can tell us a little bit about you know maybe the best way to leverage a marketing list and. Yeah. You know, if you've got someone out there who's thinking of doing a direct mail piece, where do they start?
2: Well, one of the things that I'll, I'll tell a client is that you we need to find the best audience for your particular services. So it actually starts with the client okay. because uh, I know you know this the old joke, right? It's the but who's a good client for a chiropractor anybody with a <laughs> spine yeah you got it But yeah. <laughs> right I'll so scratch <laughs> right. the jellyfish off your list but yeah it's way too broad obviously. right right so now even if even if it's a rhode island chiropractor then there's still too many people for them to direct mail to so right. it's not it, they don't narrow the field enough and all the chiropractors go through the same certifications whatever they are there's no specialties within that uh within that industry so i had a client who was a chiropractor and I said well let's figure out who you do a lot of business for you know who are your clients your best clients and she went through like six months of records and she found out that there were several people more than what you would think to be normal of people who came in with injuries or discomfort resulting from horseback riding I said well there's your angle Mm. so now we could go out instead of going out to everyone with a spine right, right now we go out to those in the local area who are avid horseback riding enthusiasts. Now how
0: do you find that out?
2: Well there's a lot of different ways to get information but the the marketing world today because of the electronics involved, the, the technology involved, uh, we're able to get information much quicker. Information always existed because if you even go back 20-30 years people had subscriptions to magazines mm. and and things that would identify them as liking a certain thing. If you had this, uh, a subscription to Cigar Smoke USA mm-hmm. you know and yeah. you probably were a cigar smoker or, or somebody in your house was right yeah so um, that existed but it was just slow to get before right. nowadays yeah. you right get it and instantly it's, and it's okay. dynamic right. too yes. so it's constantly and, changing and, and, and right and that's the, that is the big problem Justin with data is it changes too fast but because we can get it so fast we can keep up with it and then we grab all the most current data because back twenty thirty years ago I want to send a list to all the cigar smokers well guess what you know four of them have died from <laughs> cancer. you know and, and nine of them don't live here anymore and right. 30 of them don't get that magazine it's, anymore it's old data it's old data yeah. right okay. and that's the biggest problem with data and that's actually why and I'll throw this tip out there uh, people who are looking for a direct mailing list be very careful who you deal with because there's a lot of online services that are not good mm. uh, they'll sell you data, but it's aged data. Anybody can get aged data because it's worthless.
0: And when you say aged, what are we talking about? Weeks, months, years?
2: No, usually months, sometimes years. Okay. So wow. so how would somebody go looking to find the proper data?
1: Talk to Bob. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that'd, <laughs> be go. that'd be good stuff. good There's your plug, Bob. <laughs> it's <a> nice segue. <laughs> and only Land talk and to Bob. <laughs> Nobody else. He at him. he's reputable.
2: But, but you know, there are a lot of, and, and I've actually gotten a lot of referrals from marketing professionals like yourself right so uh, a person who may not know somebody like me may know somebody who's a web designer, graphic designer you know photographer somebody who's in that space Mm -hmm. and they may have more access to resources that they trust and they can recommend somebody so that's a you know not everybody listening to this may know me so (laughs) it's a good a good secondary place to go. You mean everybody doesn't know you? I thought they did I tried.
1: with the chiropractor in that piece that went out, was there a higher success rate because the message was more tailored? Yeah,
2: that's a great point. Thanks for following up on that. The, so now we, we get the, uh, the list of the horseback enthusiasts in the, in the Providence, Rhode Island area. Well now, we're not just going to send them a message about hey, are you sore? Come on in, <laughs> right? Do you have a spine? It's, 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 yeah. Right, right. Yes, so we'll go, yes. we're going to go back to the old school, right? So everything it has to be, and you guys talk about this a lot, and I do too. It's the congruency, the staying on brand, the consistency of a message, right? You know, so everything follows. So if we're going out the horseback enthusiasts, what's going to be on the direct mail piece? Well, picture of a horse. Yeah. You Hope know? so, hopefully. <laughs> right. So you, you, you need to make you, the emotional you connection. You gotta, you, this is who you're going to. This right. is what you're trying to accomplish. So, and, and then the, the question I, I believe we asked, this was a while back, but I mean, it was something like, you know, do you have discomfort as a result of horseback riding? You know, and we ha- I think we offered a, a report uh, that you could get if you, if you contacted the office via email, or you could just make an appointment. You know, mm-hmm. so, but we played right, we followed up directly to the type of list we were going to, with something that would resonate with that specific list, not, it, not a general message.
0: Would it make sense to also send these out to veterinarians Sure, as a referral source?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. case you need a chiropractor for your cat?
0: No, no, no. <laughs> I was just saying, yeah. you know, it, yeah. Yeah. For, for like a horse veterinarian, yeah. they may, yeah. you know, they could yeah. be a good referral source, so it may make sense to to put them on the list as well. Right.
2: And, but in that case, you know, it, it's a slightly different message, right? When you're going out to... Uh, I I tell people that there's four buckets of people that you can direct mail that you should be communicating with, and it's it's, it's an acronym I use called CAPS. So C A P S, okay. and it stand, it stands for uh, customers, advocates, prospects, and suspects. Oh, I like that. So, do
0: you? <laughs> well, a lot of a lot of customer relationship management software use use those same buckets. Yeah. Very sort of look. nurturing leads. Yeah. Right. yeah.
2: Well, cuz there's, there's different way you, ways you need to speak to each group, right? So your existing customers, mm-hmm. you always want you always want them to feel like you know them and and you mm-hmm. you if they're buying a product A, you don't sell them on product A. They're already buying that. You might recommend product B, mm-hmm. you know, so you are trying to cross-sell, upsell, whatever you do, or get, get a right, referral, yeah. you know, get continued loyalty, all that stuff with, with your existing customers. Your advocates can be people like former customers, people in your business networking group, uh, people who are influencers in that arena. Um, so, in the, uh, again, uh, keep using the case of the chiropractor, but it's, it's a good example. Sure, is uh, another chiropractor client of mine. Uh, she used to send out uh, gifts and cards to a bunch of uh, personal injury attorneys that she knew. It was perfect. She developed a relationship with those personal injury attorneys because they were in a position, to ha- even though they never used her services personally, they were in a position to refer her business. Or even sure. to be an advocate sure. for her. Yeah. So. so people people came in based on their recommendation. So, there's, so that's the customers, the advocates, the people, the chickens, right, in right. B- the B&I speak, uh, the people who are referral sources. Uh, prospects are the people who you haven't done business with, but they've raised their hand. So they've said, on some level, I'm interested in what you sell, uh, and then suspects are the people that have not raised the hand, but you think they're interested. So the dog, uh, not the dog, the uh, horse owners mm-hmm. uh, in the chiropractor example is a good one. We say we think they might have some back pain, so we go out to them, and it's a little bit. That's why direct mail has a lower response rate because you're taking a guess here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. So you're, you're throwing it out there. On the prospect side. Prospects are really important. People who raise their hand and say, give me a quote, give me more information, answer these questions. These are people... They're
0: in research mode.
2: They are. And and what most people don't realize is that those people will usually buy in about a two-year period, but it's not necessarily right then. And it's not necessarily from you, right? Mm -hmm. right? So you have to nurture that relationship and get them to the point where they feel comfortable with you as a professional in whatever it is that you do so that... Yeah, you, know, you know, when it comes time for them to actually pull the trigger. So some people mis- mistake this. They say, "Oh, well, he he asked me for a quote, but he didn't do anything." <laughs>
0: well, yeah, maybe right. he wasn't ready. Right. 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 And they're and they're just kind of, you know, testing the waters at this point.
1: Yeah,
2: they're yeah. doing um, like you said, they're in research mode. Right. But they're not quite there yet.
1: Especially if it's a bigger purchase. Yes. That definitely. Takes more time. Much more so
2: than like I mean, a buying a flower, right? <laughs> my my <laughs> no. wife and
0: I are are in. The uh, mode right now of looking at uh, independent living facilities uh, for some family members. Mm-hmm. So it's a big decision. It's a big decision, and you want to do your research and you want to you know vet these places. Um, but we've been completely inundated with direct mail yeah, yeah. because now we're on their mailing list. Oh yeah. But it's interesting how there seems to be a saturation point. Like we have. Already sort of written off one of these places because we get a piece of mail from them every single day and they're just making us nuts. So they've like kind of overdone it with us, you know. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that. What's, you know, when you're getting into direct mail, how do you advise your clients on, okay, you've targeted your market?
2: Mm.
0: What's a good frequency?
2: That's a good question, Justin. And you know what? It's very similar to conversations that you guys have had about other mediums and and here's what I mean first of all what is the content of what it is that you're mm-hmm. sharing okay and we know that really 80 percent of the content should be like entertaining or informational educational in that area not salesy right not promotional Yeah, nobody right. likes to so be sold to. no so and we do use that on social media and in other, in email in any other form of communication that we have to the clients we coach people to say you have to present what value. You know, who are you? Why should I do business with you? Where's the trust? Yeah. How much of an expert are you? What's in it for me? Yeah. Big surprise, right? Yeah. That didn't change in thirty well, years. Who did? Right. <laughs> right. Right. So so when you when you're constantly pushing people uh, a sales message, then that's an instant turn off and you're going to disqualify them. In the same way you would unfriend somebody, right? You would you would just say, I I got no time for this kind of stuff yeah so but if now instead of that if somebody is sending you a message once a day is a little extreme but if even if it was once a week but it was there was value to it you might not be so irritated right you say oh I didn't know that like another piece of information
1: what if it was content on like healthy um, hobbies for seniors right or something like that Mm -hmm. it's not really saying hey come check out our facility you've already Got mm-hmm. that message. But right. now you're just looking for the well being of your family member, your senior family member. Or here's yeah. some
0: things to think about in regards to um, arranging your estate.
1: Oh, yeah. That would
0: yeah. be right. valuable information. Yes, yeah, so, so absolutely.
2: Be, you're looking for quality over quantity. Absolutely. Because yeah. nobody wants those, you know, 100 emails that say the exact same thing over and over again. Yeah, or it's or a, it's day.
0: a little worrisome, and, and it can actually have the reverse effect. Yeah.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah. But at the same time, the other end of that spectrum is not communicating so uh, there's been a lot of studies done that indicate that you need to communicate to, to people who are prospects at least once per month yeah. a direct communication mm-hmm. because you will lose uh, th- the percentages are, are very high it's 10 to 20 percent of your influence mm-hmm. with that person because you kind of fell out of touch sure. so once a month is a minimum so we coach people on uh, emails. If I'm coaching them on a direct mail campaign, I'm saying you've got, to, if this person is important to you, whether it's a customer or a prospect, you've got to reach out to them at least once per month. So, Bob, is there a saturation point as far as what you would say to a customer or client? Yeah, we don't want to do this three times a day or or three times a week. Yeah, when when it comes to email, that's one of the conversations I have. I don't usually have that conversation with direct mail because it's too expensive. Sure, (laughs) sure. You're gonna mail once a day. Yeah, how's your budget? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's actually one of the good things about direct mail, though, because they can't do that without you know taking out a loan. Right. Sure. You know, it's just it's just too costly. So it's kind of good news, bad news, because the fact that direct mail is expensive keeps. The volumes lower and the frequency lower, Mm -hmm. but that also means that there's less competition in the mailbox. If you're there and I'm looking at my mail,
0: this is really all about sort of building a relationship with your uh, prospective audience. Absolutely, Um, Uh,
2: that's that's how I position it. Now, there's actually you know, several reasons why you could use direct mail. Uh, you could use direct mail directly to sell somebody. You say, hey, this is what I have to offer, a completely promotional piece. You could use direct mail to try to drive traffic either to a website or uh, a store for like some big grand opening, sale, whatever. Um, and by the way, direct mail, uh, even e- even in the younger age groups, direct mail, people who read direct mail, which is about 80% of direct mail is read, people who actually read their direct mail, 60% of those will go online.
1: I was just gonna ask you if there's ways that direct mail kinda combines with your other mediums.
2: What they'll do is they'll go directly to the website to get more information. So one of the things I coach my clients on is, listen, (laughs) you wanna get some traction, don't put 10,000 words on the postcard. Put a couple of key points Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. what you're doing Wet their appetite, and then give them the URL to your website. I said, and then if they go there, now they've demonstrated interest. Now, when they get there, obviously you want to maybe capture their email, offer them a free report, whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, But the whole idea is that more people will go to a website when they get a piece of direct mail. If you think about the cost of things like SEO and pay per click, it's like that's pretty good stat. Mm -hmm.
0: Sixty percent, excellent stat. Yeah. Um, I know we're probably getting uh, yeah, we're, close we're, to the...
2: We're getting close. Kind of I want, I want to give Bob a chance to talk about his postcard program that he's got. Right. Well, I do a lot of, as you know, I do a lot of consulting with the small business community. Man, many solopreneurs, uh, like all the folks we hang out with, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we love the solopreneurs, they're, sure. they're great folks. Um, so direct mail is, is a challenge for some of those folks. even. Even though the costs have changed and they can do much smaller quantities now, uh, there is a service though that I recommend for people. Uh, one of the highest uh, open rates that we have is in the greeting card uh, piece, right? So, somebody gets a greeting card, you can tell it's a card. You've got stamp on it's got, it looks like handwriting. Right. It's
0: like, oh, it's uh, from grandma. I wonder yeah, if there's a check right. in there. The and yeah, you open it the, right away. The, where's that $5 bill? Exactly. Uh, so uh, you just get the $2 bills. <laughs> as long as you don't get the $3 bills. and yeah, yeah, you, know, you know grandma that, doesn't love you anymore. You can't, you can't spend <laughs> your, those very far. Around grandma the world. sent me Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, well. That's a cool grandma. <laughs> that, that. Actually, that's a really cool grandma. <laughs> I was going to say, I
2: want that grandma. <laughs> so, uh, so there is a, an online system that I recommend to my uh, to my clients. Where they can go online uh, to a specific website and they can uh, punch it pick out a card they can even upload a photo image that they want the card to be of uh create a greeting card uh, type in the message and then uh pay a you know just a couple dollars and hit a button and somebody else is actually manufacturing that card and printing it and mailing it out Mm. so they don't have to do any of the process it's a completely automated service and and it's wonderful and the cards are really high quality uh, they obviously they're not my handwriting but they look like my handwriting. Still personalized. Yeah and mm-hmm. I actually send them my signature which they replicate. On, and it was on pretty cool because we, when we did the uh, uh, webinar, of, what how long now? Six months ago? Or uh, back, was it? Yeah. it was back in February. Yeah. Back in yeah. February. So when we did the uh, the webinar Bob pulled a screenshot of the picture from the front of our webinar and sent it to us as a postcard to say congratulations on your webinar. Right. Yeah. it was really cool.
0: Yeah, it was really nice. I was a little disappointed there wasn't a check inside, <laughs> oh, hey, you know, <laughs> but you know, it was still a nice card. <laughs> and it checks in the mail. <laughs> was,
2: yeah, checks in the mail. Yeah, yeah. But I'm bum, he's, bum. he's got a million of them. This guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they're all and they're all just as bad. <laughs> so so, well, um, in the show notes, we'll put a link. To yeah, the and, and thing? basically the the, uh, the system is called Send Out Cards. So mm-hmm. if somebody's listening and they want they wanted to just try it out, take a look at it, sure. they would go to www.sendoutcards.com, forward slash, Bob Salvas, my name, B-O-B-S-A-L-V-A-S. And okay. again, we'll and, put that in the show notes right Yeah, edition. absolutely. And yeah. then they can they can see what it's all about, see how easy it is to use. They recently did a $10 million upgrade, nice. so it's, it's really... Uh, it, it, it was always a good service but it was it was based on some older technology mm-hmm. and they revamped the platform so it's much uh more user friendly and similar yes. to what we're used to like when we buy on Amazon or iTunes. And yeah. things of that no, nature. that's good. So That's good. It,
0: that's a really good service to have. I, I mean, I can see even you know sending out like thank you cards to uh you know clients that you've just finished a project with or mm-hmm. you know oh if yeah. you've you know Proposals it's one thing. Outstanding exactly. <laughs>
2: And I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give you a, a, a last tip here because uh, the power of the thank you card is is much greater than most people realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether it's for a referral or for a piece of business, uh, a study was done I- at Stanford where they took three groups of people who had gone to a uh, purchase some jewelry at a jewelry store, mm-hmm. and the first group of people got no thank you card. The second group got a uh, a sincere thank you card the third group got a sincere thank you card with a coupon for 20% off their next purchase and after six months they looked at the repeat business that they got from all three groups and the middle group the one that just got the sincere thank you card gave more repeat business than the other two groups combined why was that because the first group didn't get any right and the the third group actually when they when people received the coupon Mm -hmm. it negated the the, the effort, authenticity yeah of yeah thank yeah. you yeah Made look right. like it were selling yeah. like there's something like in like it for the company yeah. it's not right. Right. about the customer yeah they just want me to buy more yeah. they d- they're not really thinking yeah me, i right? i like
1: that though that's a great so study it, that's it's a good point
2: it's a really important point and and people say well you know here's two bucks i just spent on a thank you card well first of all it's the right thing to do to mm. thank somebody but second of all you don't realize that's actually a marketing tactic but you have to do it in the right way. You have to do send sincere appreciation, thank you very much for your business. Somebody gets that and they say, I got more business for you, I have a referral for you. They just, they appreciate being appreciated. Sure, sure, sure. sure absolutely. Okay. I mean, yeah.
0: I mean it, again, it's that emotional connection that yep. we talked about. Yeah. Um, and making someone feel valued. Yeah. you know, And you're gonna be top of mind next yep. time they say, Hey, do you know somewhere where I can go get a nice ring or a nice bracelet yeah. and they're going to like,
1: oh yeah, I went to this
0: place. Yeah. I remember them yeah. because they sent me a thank you note. Yeah, it all connects. More and more
2: today with all the competition that's out there, <coughs> it's about building relationships. Right, And sure. Building those relationships with your, with your clientele, with your, you know, your your fellow vendors and suppliers, just building solid relationships. That's what takes you to the next level in business, nothing else.
1: I agree.
0: Well, we'll definitely have to get one of our uh, Marketing Essential Minions to uh, send a card to Bob to thank him for <laughs> coming and sitting with us today. Yeah. it always um, a pleasure to be here with who's you Who's the guys. Minion? No, we, have to get, we have to get a Minion <laughs> You've to a marketing Minion. Marketing
1: Essential Minion. I love <laughs> it. If, uh,
2: We're officially looking for Minions just for
0: yeah.
1: Accepting applications. <laughs> send them to Justin.
0: Yes, yes. But we really do want to thank you for coming and yes, uh, sitting with us today, Bob, and really terrific information about direct mail how you know it's still a very much uh, a relevant part of your overall marketing strategy I can right. see how it plays really well with websites and social media marketing so really appreciate the information and the tips and uh, maybe we'll have you back someday yeah, well, I, I can talk to. about a few other things, too. So. Okay, well, I know you're a big <laughs> chest enthusiast. That's, yeah, that's one of your things. Okay. Might,
2: might have to be a different podcast. Okay. Can you, yeah. you do chest by marketing? Have. Hey, chest <laughs> strategies when it comes to marketing. Maybe, you know, maybe. I, I, could, I could put that together.
0: <laughs> well, thanks again,
2: Bob, for joining us. And
1: um, I think that's all we got for today. So. Right. right. So
0: um, we are the Marketing Essentials team, and you can connect with us. On our website, marketingessentialsteam.com, where you can find all of our podcasts, uh, where you can also uh, send us questions Mm -hmm. or suggestions for future podcast topics. Uh, We also have the webinar that we did back in February February, available, which is an excellent uh, one hour marketing webinar that we did. Um, We covered Uh, how to leverage your imagery and your photography. We talked about social media marketing. We talked about how to position your website. So uh, that's free and available. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would definitely recommend checking that out. And also check us out on our Facebook page. I was going to say, don't forget the Facebook page. Uh, Which is facebook slash marketingessentials team, I believe. Yes, marketingessentials
1: team, at marketingessentials team.
0: And there's also a link to that on our website. So please connect with us. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And until next time, we are the Marketing Essentials team. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you later. See ya.